I don't know. <laughs> you notice he was noticeably absent in that video, right? I don't know. Uh, they, they kind of, I saw that the first time you saw it, right? I'm like, okay, what is that about, Jerry? I don't know. You, you weren't in the video either. But you get to lead off the sermon series today, right? So you get a little bag, you can pull something out and speak from or anything like that? Well, I got something to I got something for you, okay. Um, would you welcome Dr. Jerry Kula uh, with us today? Dr. Kula is a vice president at uh, Africa Methodist University, is that right? Did I say that? Yeah, and he is also the uh, head of the Africa Initiative, which uh, is lay people and clergy across three general conferences in Africa. Central conferences, three central conferences. He's already corrected me, see? Three central conferences. Now, the U.S. is a central conference. You're over three central conferences leading laity and clergy. And I would tell you that Jerry Kula has been a partner in ministry with us, but also in a, a partner in standing for biblical truth. And, and it would not have been for Jerry Kula and our good friends in Africa, our Methodist denomination would have gone south a long time ago. So give him a hand for standing firm on the Word of God. Preaching the Word of God, training up young people to be in ministry, and now we're partners with you in Bowie. You're going to show some pictures of that, of our work there together. So, God bless you, and uh, welcome to Mount Horb again. Have we got to do this? Ah, okay. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you want to land a library handshake? Uh, let's try that. The person next to you, just your thumb on the middle finger, and just click it. And that's how you do it. No, you have to hold a person's hand. Shake hand like we did just now. All right. All right. Make, make sure it sounds. All right. The tongue on the middle finger. <laughs> okay. I can hear some very good sounds. So you are getting there. And that's, that's to let you know that I'm on a recruiting mission for Liberia. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings this morning from your brothers and sisters of the Library Annual Conference and from the uh, United States University where we are serving, especially from the students that you are sponsoring. I don't know whether you all know that you are sponsoring about eight students who are doing their graduate studies in theology. And these people very soon will be moving out there and helping us to accelerate the spread of the gospel as they become some of our leaders of leaders. So thank you very much. I also want to uh, bring you greetings from my wife and our children in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And a special greetings from Bowie. Bowie is the village where the mission team here is working along with us in order to uh, build homes for the least of these. Uh, some of you are giving your money to missions and I want you to know that you may not be in Liberia right now but because of the gifts that you are giving, you are on the mission field in Liberia because you are helping us to reach people for Jesus Christ. And so for those people, they want me to let you know how profoundly grateful they are for the transformation that you've begun amongst them as you help us join them in building new homes. And we're building homes for people who are widows, with children, and don't have a place to live anymore and the places that they live are very shabby. And so right now, we have two, uh, two of the buildings under construction. We made a commitment that we try to build about 10 homes every uh, year 
If we do four to six or eight this year, that will be fine. That is the mission house. That mission house, when you come to Liberia, there where you will stay. And then you're moving to the village and do some work. And so we're looking forward to a team coming in January. Janice and Trevor are leading that team. And so this morning, I want to welcome you to Liberia. Join the team, and I will see you January. I'll be at the airport to receive you. All right? Thank you very much. Uh, 2020, when COVID hit, just about that time, your lead pastor was invited to Liberia. The board of directors of the United Methodist University saw his work and realized that you are serving locally, but with a global mindset. As we find you in different parts of the world, you are serving in so many countries, reaching people for Jesus, and now you've begun doing that in Liberia. So the board of directors felt it necessary to confer upon your pastor, uh, Reverend Dr. Jeff Percy, an honorary doctorate degree, the Doctor of Divinity Honoris Causa. So please join me this morning to give you a hand of applause as <clears throat> one of our leaders that the Liberian Church uh, honored in 2020. I want to say thank you. You are doing a great, a great work across the world, and we just pray that God will continue to bless uh, this congregation and you will continue to reproduce yourself as you are already doing. I want to thank you for the invitation to be here this morning and to bring God's word to you. My prayer is that whatever God will have me share this morning will minister to you and meet a specific need that you have in Jesus' name. As I attempt to do so, I admit that I do not know where you are on your personal spiritual journey with God. I do not know to what extent did COVID, the COVID pandemic impact your life personally and your family. We all have our stories around the world as the whole world was engulfed by this deadly disease. I also do not know what other challenges you may be going through personally. I stand here today very ignorant of your challenges, but somebody knows everything that you are going through that I am going through. That's the Lord God Almighty. Furthermore, I do not know how the current crisis within the United Methodist Church over the, uh, our diverse understanding and interpretation of the Bible regarding homosexuality may be affecting the Mohorab UMC family, as we all seem to be facing an uncertain future. However, there is one thing that I know, that in spite of your personal challenges and uncertainties about the future, the grace of God is sufficient for you, as it is for me. God's grace is sufficient for you because God will make a way where there seems to be no way. We may not know about tomorrow, but we know a God who holds tomorrow, who is guiding us into tomorrow so we can engage the future confidently because God is with us on this journey and his grace is sufficient for us. I stand here before you this morning as a testimony of God's grace.
Some of you may not understand, but I am one of 47 children. My father was a big polygamist. I don't believe in polygamy, but he was a big a village chief and just born his children and left them to face an uncertain future. I was one of them. And somehow, I made it to the city. Work with, live with people and did all sorts of work, all kinds of work, like, like being a slave. But God, in his mercy, in his grace, delivered me, brought me to an acknowledgement of my need for him. He created a situation that I became saved, and that is the grace of God. The grace of God that orchestrates plans to bring you to your acknowledgement because God has first found you. So Romans 5, it says, God commanded his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the prevailing grace of God that brings you to that realization. The grace of God also saves us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The grace of God. It is this grace of God that is sustaining us on life's journey. Each of us is on a journey. We are running a race. And the Bible says not everyone shall win the prize. Only those who run very faithfully. The grace of God is sustaining us. So this morning, as I think about this truth, I would like to share with you from God's word on the theme, move forward with God because his grace is sufficient for you, for your journey. Move forward with God because his grace is sufficient for you. I want to call your attention to Genesis chapter 13, verses 7 to 18. And we're going to study about the life of Abraham and see how God's grace was sufficient for him in the midst of challenges that he encountered as he attempted moving forward with God. Let's read together Genesis chapter 13, verses 7 to 18. And this is how it reads. And quarreling arose between Abraham's husband and that of Lot's. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are close relatives. It's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Lord looked around and saw the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zohar and realized that it was well watered, like the guiding of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lord chose for himself the best plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abraham lived in the land of, the, of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now 
Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are to the north and south, to the east and west. All the land that you see, I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mary at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Move forward with God because his grace is sufficient for your joining. Yes, I don't know what journey you are on, but God's grace is sufficient for you. This passage is a continuation of Abraham's journey that began in chapter 12 of Genesis when God called upon him to leave Mesopotamia and move on to a strange land, the land of Canaan, that he will later possess for his generation. Abraham obeyed God and moved forward. Not knowing where he was headed to, but he trusted God. And sometimes we're in that situation. God is calling you to move forward. You don't understand it all. But that's exacting faith in God when you agree like Abraham. And, and, and Abraham at the time, you're still called Abraham. Not Abraham yet, but Abraham. And he moved forward. Let me share with you my understanding about the expression move forward. To move forward is a command to change location. To change location or to make progress. Or to make some advancement in pursuit of God's plan for your life. For Abraham, moving forward meant that he needed to separate from his ungodly past. And that included his country that was engulfed with idol worship, his people, his father's household, and the pagan gods that they were worshiping. That was for Abraham. Like Abraham, if we must move forward with God, there must be some kind of separation. He said, come out from among them and be you separate, and I will receive you, said the Lord, and I will be your God. And you will be my sons and daughters. So there is a need for some kind of separation. So the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 12 verse 1 says, If we must move forward with God, then let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Sometimes we want to move forward with life, but we are so entangled by the word, the system of the word. So they say that we don't see our direction ahead and we get caught up, we get stuck. But if we must move forward, there is a need for some sort of separation. I do not know what God may be calling you to separate from in order to move forward with God. 
But I can promise you from God's word, Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a future for us. He made us. The Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. He has made us for his people and to be his people. And the scripture says he has engraved us in the palms of his hands. So God knows us and he has plans for us. And he wants to prosper us. Now God's concept of prosperity is not limited to the quantity of resources you have or the wealth you have. But it has more to do with living a life water of God's praise. Being victorious in this life that Satan is not dominating your life, but you are moving on and living a life water of God's praise and making investment for eternity. That is what it means to be prosperous. To be prosperous means that you are spending time in God's word and your life, your plans, and everything about you is being controlled by the word of God. So when Joshua was about to lead God's people, God said to Joshua, if you want to succeed, this book of the Lord, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, shall not depart from your mouth, but I shall meditate therein day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That's God's understanding of prosperity. And so Abraham, uh, Abraham discovered God's plan for his life and was able to move forward. And you also will discover God's plans for your life when you make up your mind and you make the choice to follow him and move forward. But my friend, even as Abraham attempted to follow God, he was not free of obstacles and challenges in the way. So moving forward may sometimes require you overcoming obstacles. And God's grace is sufficient for you in overcoming whatever obstacles come if you will entrust it into the hands of God. So it was an Abraham. When God called him to move forward into the land of Canaan, he took along with him his nephew Lot. And when I read this passage, I wonder whether Lot was part of God's agenda for Abraham moving forward. But he took Lot, and then he took his wife Sarah, and he moved ahead with their possession. Now, along the way, in pursuit of God's plans for his life, Abraham encountered an unexpected crisis, an unexpected conflict with his nephew Lot that impeded his effort to move forward. He got stuck because of the conflict that has come forth. The conflict was so intensified that sensing danger, Abraham took the initiative. He, Abraham, took the initiative to resolve the crisis peaceably and wisely by requesting for an amicable separation between Lot and himself. He took the initiative. And sometimes I wonder whether those in leadership of the Global United Methodist Church need to learn something from Lot so that there will be no delay, there will be no crisis, 
There'll be no confusion because when the church is at war with itself, we confuse those in the world who want to come to Jesus. They don't see Jesus. They see you and I who claim to belong to Jesus. But sometimes the way we conduct ourselves, it leaves them wondering whether this is the same Jesus that the Bible speaks of. I'm reminded of Mahatma Gandhi who said, be the change you want to see. This man went to church. He read about Jesus. He wanted to discover Jesus. So he went trying to find a church. When he got to the church, at that time, there was this apartheid system in South Africa. And then because he got to the place and was having the kind of color he had, he was denied entry. And he left and went back. And he said, if this is the Jesus that people represent, then I don't want to be a Christian. As the Methodist Church goes through its crisis, we need to realize that we don't want to stand before God tomorrow. And then he queries us or deny us of entry into heaven because we deny others based upon our personal aggrandizement. So this is what I learned from Abraham about amicable separation when he had a conflict with his nephew Lot. In pursuit of peace and his commitment to moving forward with God, Abraham was willing to risk losing what was legally his to his nephew when he granted him the rights to choose his preferred region of the land and move forward. Abraham decided to prevent quarreling, you know, he decided to prevent quarrel and conflict by separation. He selected to prevent shame and embarrassment to the name of God and to the mission to which God has called him by parting ways with his nephew whom he had raised and empowered. But more importantly, Abraham made a decision to relinquish his rights to his nephew because he knew that God was with him on his journey. And so I submit to you, my brothers and sisters of Mount Horeb UMC, that whenever God calls you to move forward, it's because God has already gone on ahead of you to prepare the grounds for your arrival, for your protection, and for your provision. God therefore expects you to take the step of faith and move forward as Abraham did. Exercising faith in the Lord. But as you move forward with God, it is critically important how you move forward and with whom you move forward. It is indispensable for the success of the mission that your partners, those with whom, you move forward with, share your vision, your passion, your commitment, your values, your beliefs, your loyalty to God who has called you. Sometimes we make the mistake to follow infatuation or maybe just likeness of someone and entrust them with responsibility when they do not measure up. But when we do so, 
Like Abraham bringing Lot along, we suffer the consequences. So it's important that those we move forward with share our vision, our passion, and our commitment. Otherwise, you may experience unnecessary obstacles and impediments as was in the case of Abraham when you took a long lot who may have not been part of God's plans for the journey. This is because leaders can make or break an organization. They can either lead the way or lose the way. Therefore, to resolve the conflict, Abraham requested for an amicable separation between Lot and himself to go their separate ways. Verses 14 to 18 helps us to see how Abraham was now able to move forward following the separation. So following the amicable separation of the two men, we now see Abraham being able to move forward freely in the will of God unhindered by conflict. After the separation, God continued to clearly uh, show to Abraham what he had in mind for him and his generation. Only after the separation did Abraham reveal, the God ultimately revealed to Abraham that his descendants would become owners, possessors of the land. Only after the separation was Abraham able to move across the length and breadth of the land unhindered. So like Abraham, we must amicably separate from everything that entangled, from every entanglement and the sin that are impeding our spiritual progress and move forward with God. Hebrews 12, 1. Hebrews 12, 2. To avoid distractions along the way, we must fix our eyes on Jesus to lead us to the finish line. My friends, we are moving forward, whether you know it or not. We are running a race, running a race, running a race. We all are running a race. But not everybody shall win the prize. Only those who run very faithfully. To run faithfully, we must move forward with God. To run unfaithfully is to move forward with the devil because he has plans for us. And his plans is to destroy us. First Peter 5, 8, the Bible said, be alert because Satan, like a rolling lion, throws about seeking whom he may destroy. So we are running a race. And the challenge for us, the encouragement to us this morning is to move forward with God through Jesus Christ so that we will make it to the finish line. And when we make it to the finish line, there's no regrets because God is leading us. And then we can look back like the Apostle Paul when we reach the finish line and say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And there is now lay up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me, but not only to me, but to all who long for his appearing. So let's move forward with God. Now, what are some of the lessons that we can learn from Abraham in addition to what we have shared? I submit to you the following. 
in view of our personal challenges and uncertainties and the current crisis looming over the global United Methodist Church that we are all a part of, I would like to conclude this message by calling your attention to the following principles about moving forward with God. First, God is calling us to have faith to go forward with him as Abraham did. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that God exists and that God rewards those who sincerely, diligently seek him. So we must move forward with God by faith. God called Abraham to go forward even when it seemed like Abraham was being treated unfairly. We must trust God is working his will for us if we will trust to go forward with him. Second, we should not allow our grievances and our own desires to impede our faithfulness to following God. For to do so is to look back. And when we look back, it is not only to our own detriment, but also to the children who will come after us. We are to live a legacy of hope, not one of despair and bitterness. So as the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And thirdly, we should not allow ourselves to become fixated on the decisions that others might make. We should focus on the calling God has for us. And in time, we might discover, as Abraham did, that God will call us to rescue those with whom we have parted ways. That is what Abraham did for Lot when he thought he was making the right choice by taking the greener portion of the land, not knowing that he was just entering the den of Satan. Therefore, we are not to separate with anger and bitterness, but with hope for what God has in store for us. In conclusion, my dear brothers and sisters, please understand that we in Africa have been shaped by a culture that places high value on community. So I am inclined to grieve the reality of the ongoing separation that is taking place within the global United Methodist Church. In Liberia, as in all of Africa, we value relationships and those relationships have been essential to the great growth of Christianity all across Africa. I therefore understand how heartbreaking and painful this ongoing separation is and will be for many United Methodists between now to 2024. It is always a painful time in human history 
like it was between Lot and especially from the perspective of uh, Abraham, you know, when members of the same family experience separation. But sometimes it is necessary to separate in order to move forward. We must therefore move forward to fulfill the Great Commission. We're not moving forward to fulfill our own agenda or some personal aggrandizement. We want to move forward to fulfill the Great Commission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. For the church in Africa, in addition to making disciples of Jesus Christ, we want to continue to move forward in sustaining historic orthodox Christianity on the continent. We want to remain biblically committed, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-empowered, evangelistically functional, mission-minded, self-sustaining, and vision-driven. Moreover, we are confident that God's grace is sufficient for us on this journey that sometimes appears to be uncertain. And my prayer for you this morning is that God's grace will be sufficient for you on your journey of life. My prayer is that you will discover this God and allow him to take up residence in your heart. So whatever may be the impediments, whatever may be your personal challenges, you will turn it over to God. And he will rescue, deliver you, and give you the grace to move forward. I also pray for all of us, United Methodists, during this very difficult and uncertain time, that we will determine that no matter what, we will move forward with God. Who knows the future? Because he has gone on ahead of us already to prepare the grounds for our arrival, for our protection, and for our provision. And so, I would like to pray with us before I take my seat. And I want you to reflect upon what you've heard. God might be speaking to you personally about some situation. Turn it over to the Lord. And he will change your situation and give you a hope for the future. Can you bow your heads with me? I'm going to give you a meeting to talk to the Lord. And then I'll conclude our prayer time. Are there some among us this morning who are confused about life's journey? My friend, I don't know about tomorrow. And you don't know about tomorrow. But we have a God who knows about tomorrow. He's able to turn your sorrows into joy. This God is bigger than our mountains. He's bigger than the giants that may be standing in our way. And he's able to remove them for you. Turn it over to the Lord and move forward with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for reminding us that life is a journey and all of us are on this journey and you've invited us to move forward with you. I pray for myself, I pray for my brothers and sisters that each of us will make the determination to move forward with you so that you will lead us and guide us and protect us and provide for us. Oh God, 
take control of our homes, our marriages, our relationships, our jobs, our education, and everything that concerns us. The Lord will move forward with you. Pray for those among us who need to invite you into their hearts right now. And Father, as they do so, please come and take up residence in their hearts and their lives that they will have the confidence to move forward with you. Thank you, Jesus, because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our future is in the palms of your hands. Lead us, guide us, bless us. We thank you for hearing us, and we thank you for answering us. For it's in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.